the voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. What's going on, guys? This is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Pepe. I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans. All right, guys, what we're going to do today, we're just going to give you a quick preview of the West Virginia versus Baylor game coming up this Saturday. Uh, so let's hop right into it. Uh, for me personally, this feels like a must win for WVU. That's kind of crazy to say, just, you know, five games into the season. But I feel like this next one's very important. And the reason I think that is because looking at the schedule, I don't see a ton of games that I think WVU will be favored in. Uh, my prediction, I think they will be favored in the Kansas game, of course. And then their next game after Baylor is TCU. I could see them being favored in that game if we win, um, even though it's on the road. But after that, uh, we have some really tough games. We have Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Texas. And I'm not sure they'll be favored in any of those games. So this could be a really important make or break your season game whether we make a bowl game or not. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, you know, all the matchups coming up are going to be pretty tough, and Baylor's no cakewalk either. But, you know, outside of Kansas and TCU, um, you know, we could end up being close to a touchdown um, underdog in all those other games. So um, especially if we lose this. Um so it's going to be really interesting. I'm really hoping that we can make something happen. Absolutely. Uh, we might be in for a low-scoring affair. I saw a really cool stat from Kevin Kinder at Blue and Gold News. It was minus the Long Island game, WVU's only averaging 21 points per contest. And for Baylor, if you take out the Texas Southern blowout, they're only putting up about 29 points per outing. And, again, that's from Kevin Kinder from Blue and Gold News. So, um, yeah, if you just remove one game, these teams really don't put up a lot of points. And um, we'll talk about our score predictions later. But, um, yeah, I don't think this will be very high scoring. What do you think? I think the same thing. I think, you know, both teams are really focused on defense and running the ball. Um, and both teams kind of struggle to move the ball downfield at times. So that really is going to lead to a lower scoring game. Yeah, absolutely. So we were going to break down some interesting matchups. Do you want to, do you have anything else before we get into that? No, let's get started. Let's do it. So some of the matchups I kind of did in a very broad um, terms for my matchups. I didn't do like player versus player. And one of my first ones was um, West Virginia's defensive line versus the Baylor running backs. Um, the Baylor running backs, I mean, we, we talked about this the other day. Baylor is a run-heavy team. However, these past two games, Baylor's halfbacks haven't really put up great numbers. In fact, if you take away that 55-yard touchdown that Smith had um, last week versus Oklahoma, Iowa State and Oklahoma State, their halfbacks did not have great days. And so I think that will be a big, big factor um, heading into the game. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I actually had a similar one on my matchups list, and that was the West Virginia defensive line versus the Baylor offensive line. Um, the interesting thing is with the Baylor offensive line is all five of Baylor's offensive linemen have a pass blocking grade of over 76 per PFF. 
um, and they have um, two players that are in the or all the linemen are in the top ten in run blocking, um, but they also have the second best run blocking right tackle. Um, so that's where West Virginia's strength is, is the defensive line. It seems like Baylor's strength is in their offensive line. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that matches up and if we can catch an advantage there, get some tackles for losses, or if they're going to bottle us up and attack our linebackers at the second level. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a prediction, I I would say our D-line is going to have a nice day, Uh, which kind of leads me to the next one. I have um, West Virginia's cornerbacks, or just secondary in general, versus the – and our outside linebackers, I guess – versus the outside run game, since I think they're going to really dominate when it comes to inside runs. For as much as Baylor uses motion and gets their quarterback on the outside, I think, honestly, that might be the most important factor of this game is whether our secondary can wrap up Baylor and not let them break those long touchdown runs. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I actually like that matchup. Um, so, you know, we have Dixon and Semedo, who both have really good PFF run block or run grades, actually way better than their, their pass coverage grades. Um, and then Scotty Young and Sean Mahone are both, you know, uh, Sean Mahone actually has, I think, one of the highest grades for run um, stop, uh, run defense in the entire NCAA. I think he had like a 85 or an 86 for safety. So he's top of the Big 12. Um, so as long as, you know, they play discipline, they wrap up and they don't try to go for a big hit or anything fancy, uh, we should be able to contain them pretty well. Yeah. And, I mean, those will be big factors because if we can shut down Baylor's run game, I think uh, I think we're going to keep it pretty low scoring. Another interesting matchup was, and this might be the scariest one for me, is WVU's passing game versus Baylor's secondary. We talked about it on Tuesday, how good Baylor um, is at turning the ball over. They, they have, I believe it is seven interceptions on the air, I think is what we said. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's going to be huge because, as we know, WVU, every now and then, I mean, they can have really bad days passing the ball, turning it over. So I think if we keep that to one interception and below, I think we could still pull out a win. But, you know, if we get to two, three picks, this could be a bad day for us. I had that same matchup. Um, I took a little bit of a different twist on it. Um, So the one thing that West Virginia is the worst in the Big 12 at is pass protecting. They have allowed the most sacks, but Baylor is actually the third worst team in the Big 12 at generating sacks. Um, They don't have any players in the top 10 in the Big 12 at getting sacks right now. Um, I think they have maybe like six guys with one sack, something like that. Um, And, but the one thing is their secondary is pretty solid. They only allow about 55% completion percentage on passes um, but I do think there are some areas where WVU can attack. Um, it looks like Woods, Texada, and Jones, who's their middle linebacker, um, Woods is their safety, Texada's a, a cornerback, have some pretty low coverage grades. Um, so some matchups I kind of want to watch out for is, um, you know, how Winston Wright is going to match up against Petrie. I think that's how you say his name. He's their kind of do-it-all outside linebacker safety guy. Um, and if you watch him and watch his highlights, he's very aggressive. So I want to see if Wright's shiftiness can, you know, make a miss there and maybe generate a big play by him playing too aggressive. Um, same with Texada against, you know, um, Bryce Ford Wheaton and Esdale. Um, you know, see if they can take some, you know, advantage of that. And if Prather's playing, which, you know, that was in the news that he's going to play more, um, see if he can, you know, t- take that. And then their middle linebacker, Jones, who is actually 
really bad 44.7 coverage grade versus um, O'Laughlin and Letty. I would love to see us get the tight end and running back involved a little bit more, and I think that's where we can get a little bit of an advantage going. Yeah, yeah, that's a good observation. I didn't know that about um, Baylor being so low in sacks, so that is encouraging. Petrie is a beast. I, I heard the all the coaches talking about him, and it just seems like he is everywhere out there, so that is definitely a name to look for on Saturday. Another guy, last I heard, they said Bernard, their um, big-time – uh, linebackers coming back as well last I heard so um, he could play a factor as well another matchup seems seems like something people don't talk about a lot but actually the punters we talked a lot about uh, field position on Tuesday and I'll tell you what um, Isaac Power from Baylor he had two monster games against Oklahoma State and Iowa State and he he uh, in those two games he had a 54.5 yard per punt and yeah that's what i mean like you don't think about punting a lot but these two teams that aren't high powered offense the game really could come down to who's winning the field position battles and so um i think that'll be a matchup to look for as well and tyler sumter i don't think he's having a bad year he averages 42 yards a punt only 39 net but i mean i don't think that's that bad for a college Hunter. I don't know. What do you think? No, I think he's done. Uh, Sumter's done all right. And that 54 yard average is incredible for college. I mean, that's a difference maker. That's a true field flipper. So kind of scary. Um, hopefully we can, you know, not let them drive the ball downfield. Um, I'd be interested to hear. I don't know if you have the stats, but um, you know, how accurate he is if he's someone who pins people down about between the 20 or if he kind of tends to kick out of the end zone because. If he doesn't have the accuracy, maybe, you know, they get to the 40 or 50, they kick it out of the back of the end zone and it doesn't mean anything, but um, it's going to be interesting. I think um, in the Oklahoma I, State game, he, he penned them a couple of times, so. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of my matchups that I had um, that we haven't covered yet is West Virginia's run game against Baylor's defense. Um, so it, on paper, it, it's kind of hard to see if Baylor is struggling against the run or not. But they're they're allowing 3.9 yards per carry, 150 yards per game, which doesn't seem great. Um, but their top run stoppers are more on the second level. Their their defensive linemen are solid, but they aren't really guys who are you know making a difference. Um, you know, their their top run stoppers, their middle linebacker, and then Petrie, their safety, who we talked about. So, you know, hopefully that you know you get Letty down to the second level um, and see what happens. Um, you know, he's a power back. Maybe he can shake some of those guys a little bit better and. All we need to average is four yards a carry, I think, and that's successful. And we can keep possession, um, milk the clock, and get first downs. Absolutely, yeah. That's I, I'm I'm hoping Letty has a big game because we talked about it a lot on Tuesday. But I think field position and clock, um, whoever eats up the clock most, is going to win this one since both teams have very good defenses. Um, yeah, and they only have one defensive lineman that um, has a top ten rush defense grade in the Big 12. Um, he does have four tackles for a loss. That's Logan. Um, but everyone else who's with that has a lot of tackles for losses are either their middle linebackers or safety. So um, really, really, really need to get our offense lineman down to the second level. Yeah, nice. So let's get into the X factors. What do you got? All right. So um, my the first two I'm going to cover are from Baylor. So um, the top guy is Sneed. He is their slot receiver. And he is a big play threat. Um, he's actually our leading receiver on the season, and he averages 17.6 yards per catch. 
Um, so we need to keep the top on him. Um, and so I, I think his matchup coming into the week would probably be Jackie Matthews or maybe someone like a Scotty, Scotty Young. Um, so just making sure that you don't let him get downfield. Um, and we've done a pretty good job of that this year, but every game's different. Um, my X factor for defense is Logan, who is their, um, I had him listed as a defensive line, but he's actually like a three, four defensive end, uh, or not, not defensive end, but outside linebacker. Um, he has four tackles for a loss. He has their best run defensive grade out of anyone who's um, considered kind of like a defensive lineman or in that ballpark. Um, so you kind of need to know where he is so that you can set the line of scrimmage and get to that second level, like I said, to get linemen on the backers. Um, my X factors for WVU um, on offense, Zach Frazier. Um, they play, Baylor plays a 3-4, so they have a nose tackle. And again, get off the ball quick and set the tone. You, you got to get up there and move that nose tackle, and then you give Letty room on either side of that nose tackle, get that four or five yards per carry, and that's good. Um, for WVU, um, I chose Chandler Semedo, um, just because how aggressive Baylor is, is at moving teams horizontally. He needs to be able to flow quickly. He needs to be able to make quick decisions, and whenever I was watching tape, there are times where it seems like he's pausing a little bit too much. So I want to see him you know, go out there not fall for the misdirection and go out to get out to the outside and make a play. Do you have anyone? No, no, I didn't. I didn't focus on X factors. I just uh, did the overall matchups for this week. Nice. Yeah. So uh, we ready to do score predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, here's what I got. Uh, here's a big thing. I think WVU needs to finally close out a game, which, I mean, we really haven't done all year except LIU. But, I mean, who, who's counting that as a good closeout game? Uh, I think that'll be the biggest difference maker in this. I think we could have a good first half. But if we don't close this out in the fourth quarter, we're probably going <laughs> to end up being upset around three, four o'clock on Saturday. So my prediction is WVU wins. They have a nice overall game. They close out strong and they win 24 to 17. I like it. Um, the one, so just kind of reiterating are my matchups that offensive line versus a defensive line kind of worries me. So, um, you know, I think with Baylor's offensive line being able to potentially neutralize our defensive line, I'm kind of feeling Baylor has the edge here. I was going to go with, Baylor 17, WVU 13, um, low-scoring game, you know, kind of on trend for WVU of losing by one score. I hope it doesn't happen, but maybe I'll reverse jinx ourselves to a, to a win. There you go. Here's open. <laughs> so uh, the last thing I wanted to cover before, two more things that I wanted to cover before we sign off is um, just to kind of touch on um, WVU having two transfers come out, both redshirt freshmen, um, walk-ins. He was a redshirt freshman defensive end slash edge rusher out of Alabama, um, and then Thomas, who was a redshirt freshman middle linebacker. Um, they're both going to enter the transfer portal. Um, a little bit of information on them is it sounds like there was a whole bunch of players who kind of went and met up with coaches. You know, it's about the halfway point, so team players are just trying to figure out where they where they fit in the long-term scheme of things. Um, you know, some players chose to heard what they liked, decided to stay. Some players, you know, didn't like what they hear and decided to leave. So it's just, you know, from what I'm reading, it just sounds like it's kind of part of the everyday business of being a college football player. And today, um, you know, since the transfer portal makes it so easy to, to move from one place to another. So I don't think it's something that um, 
is a negative indicator on the coaching or the situation now. Um, it's more of, you know, they thought that maybe they deserved a little bit more playing time or they don't see themselves, they see a better opportunity elsewhere that they're looking to explore. So I'm not hitting the panic button yet on, on transfers. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to note is that uh, here in a couple weeks uh, with the basketball season coming up, Tyler and I are going to be doing a basketball preview podcast um, for the basketball season. So um, we'll let you know when that's posted. And we're really excited to get in the coverage of that because um, we think we have a really strong team this year. And uh, I love basketball personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't heard anything negative about those transfers either. So I just assumed, just like you, I just, hey, they wanted more playing time. You don't have to really sit out anymore. So uh, best of luck to him. You know, I'm not going to hate him for that. You only get one college career. You might as well go somewhere where you're going to play a lot. And, yeah, I'm excited for basketball season, man. I love football. I love basketball. And like you said, we're supposed to have a good team. So it should be fun to watch and cover them. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we just got a new uh, commit, too. Um, I forget his last name, but he's a JUCO kid. So he, I think he's going to round out our 2022 class. So um, whenever we cover that preview podcast, we can – talk about him a little bit more absolutely all right man let's wrap this up this is Sounds the voice good. of town podcast and i'm tyler peppy i'm brandon cork and thanks everyone for listening thank you guys see you later